you really have to acknowledge that no matter all those things that those limiting beliefs that come up in your head, uh, that is really in so many ways, your ego just protecting you from the unknown, from not knowing. And you have to be okay with stepping into that unknown every single day. So I would say, don't logic yourself out of it. If this is something you truly desire and you feel it and you can imagine it, do it. Hi, I'm Christy Winfrey, and I'm so excited you're here with me today. Welcome to the Not Just a Daydream podcast. Have you ever found yourself daydreaming about the life you wish you had? Yeah, me too. Well, for many years, I felt stuck, and I thought those dreams would only ever be just daydreams. Today, I now run a thriving six-figure virtual business that allows me to have the freedom to work and live from anywhere. I also teach others how to grow and operate a successful TC business of their very own. If you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and application, then this is the podcast for you. In here, we discuss business, dreams, goals, and everything in between. Welcome to the Not Just a Daydream podcast. Hey there, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to someone truly inspiring today. Meet Margaret Smith, also known as Mo, the founder of I Love It When. Mo, a Seattle native, is all about seeking truth and asking those tough questions. With her master's in social work and a focus on administration, she's a firm believer in the power of human potential. Her mission, helping you unleash your inner authentic leader. Back in 2020, Mo kickstarted I Love It When, a coaching, consulting, teaching, and speaking company. She's been making waves by working with a diverse range of companies, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Mo coaches, consults, hosts workshops, delivers keynotes, and even runs her own I Love It One podcast. So get ready for a conversation that will inspire you to step into your true step self and tap into your hidden potential. Let's dive right into our chat with the incredible Mo Smith. Welcome to the show, Mo. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. Thank you for joining. I um, am so excited to have you here and be my first guest. I uh you know, when we did our team retreat last year and you came in as a speaker, it was so impactful and my team is still talking about it. So, um, I know, yeah, you have so much to share and your story is truly inspiring. Um, and so I've listened to your podcast. The the most recent one I listened to was actually your solo show, which you said that you, uh, that was your first, first solo show. And it was, it, you know, really spoke to me because it sounded like so much of my story in that Mm -hmm. podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. I so love yeah, that. I just wanted to chat with you and, um, you know, this podcast is called, um, not just a daydream. And so I wanted to see like, how did you turn your daydreams into a reality? Oh gosh, that's such an awesome question. I love, first of all, I love the name of your podcast and I love that you're just jumping in and starting it. Like we talked about that a little bit before we started recording today. And that's so much of what I've learned life is all about is not ever being totally ready and just, just taking the first step forward and figuring it out as you go uh, yeah, turning my daydreams into a reality. A lot of that has been just really taking that first step and understanding and believing that I don't need to know all of the steps to get there. All I need to do is just the next step. And every time I've wanted to do something that seems, uh, some would say unrealistic or out of reach or, uh, very much a dream, I've been able to get there through using that methodology and a lot of faith and a lot of belief in myself and, also a lot of collaboration, a lot of reaching out to people to ask for help, to ask for participation. And I, I've been on this roller coaster now for the last three years starting my own business that has definitely 
added, I have more faith and I've talked about this in my podcast. Like you said, I have more faith now than I've ever had before, because once you have nothing else to land on, there's no other net in terms of like a safety net around money. You really have to trust and believe. And uh, so I've never had more faith than I do now in my daydreams. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you get started? And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, how did you form your company now? Yeah. So my background is actually in social work and art. And I was working at the Seattle Art Museum before I jumped into real estate. And I've just always had a love for people and a love for everything creative and kind of outside the box. And so when I fell into real estate, that was not an intentional at all. That just happened because somebody happened to introduce me to someone who had a team. And I was in real estate for about eight years. And during that time, I quickly realized that I was far underutilized in other other jobs that I'd had. I had a lot of different skills and skill sets. Uh, and because real estate is really all about people, I finally got to utilize those. And I also got to figure out and kind of see how a small business runs. And it was during that time when I got to practice teaching, speaking, having a podcast, doing all these different things. And I realized my power. I realized like, oh, I can do this. I can do these things that I never really thought I could do before. And so it's because of that industry and because of my time there that it really gave me the courage to start my own company. And when COVID hit and we started working from home, I just realized how good it felt uh, to work at home and to really have more time to think about what is it that really truly brings me joy. And so in July of 2020, I just I didn't have a specific plan other than I knew uh, I knew I wanted to name my company I Love It When because I had been writing all over my bedroom wall at the beginning of COVID and writing all of my favorite quotes and things that had impacted me. I just felt really inspired to create. And when I was on GoDaddy.com, I went back to my bedroom and I was like, there's got to be a word on this wall that could be my company name. And when I saw the phrase, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, as soon as I could see the different marketing campaigns in my head, I knew that this was the right thing to do. And it just felt right in my body. And so I knew it was going to be a coaching company I thought that most of my business would be with coaching admin, and that has definitely not been the case. Uh, And then I had about enough money to take me for a month and a half. That was it. So there was no real plan. I want people to know that because I think a lot of times there's this misconception of, well, you've got to have it all figured out and you've got to have six months to a year worth of savings. And that would have been fantastic, um, but that was not the case. And it's often not the case with people. And so I think it's really important to share that part of the story is that there's a lot more possible than you may realize. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. so important. Um, you know, in your podcast, you mentioned how everybody has their own um, feeling of what safe is. And mm-hmm. you also mentioned how it's a um, like, it's fleeting, because you never know what could change day to day. So like you said, you're, you're never going to be fully ready. Um, and, but you have to follow your heart and your passion mm-hmm. and just kind of jump into it and, and figure things out. And you, you also mentioned earlier about um, going to people. I think that's so important yes. because we've got to ask for help and there are mm-hmm. people who are smarter than us and, um, mm-hmm. and know, you know, know how to make something work. And so, mm-hmm. um, that's a really important, important. And I, I've always heard, you know, you are the combination of the five people around you. Right. Yes. But I've also heard, I want to be in the room where I am not the smartest yes. people mm-hmm. around me are the smartest mm-hmm. people are going to learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's so important as well. So, yeah, it's huge. Um, I love the name. I love it when, and it just for me, it always makes me think of like, okay, what's the rest of that sentence? I love yes. it when this yes. happens. 
Um, so tell us a little bit more about that. What does it mean to you? Sure. I love that question. I got the phrase from a mentor and a coach of mine, actually, Enmay Mangles, who's a strategic intuitive business coach and mentor of mine. And she gave me this phrase to use in those moments when all those what ifs and buts and just come to mind when you're thinking about a new idea and you're like, but what if it doesn't work? But what if nobody signs up? Uh, But the economy is bad right now. What if blah, 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 blah. Like you can make up this whole scenario in your head. Well, what if you switched your language to, I love it when more people sign up than I know what to do with. I love it when. And so I started utilizing that in my world and some really amazing things happened. Um, Just, you never, I have one small example that I'll share that I love uh, is really simple and just your day-to-day life. And so I went out, I left my house to go buy a coffee at a coffee stand that's not far from my house. And I'm in my little red Honda Fit and I'm at a stoplight before the coffee shop and it's on a bit of a hill. And when the light turns green, the car in front of me like slides back almost to the point of where he's going to hit me, but he catches himself before he, he puts on the gas and goes. And I'm like, Oh, okay, good. Glad nothing happened. And we're about, we're going to the coffee stand and I realize, Oh, he's going ahead of me. He's going to get some coffee too. And in my head, I think, wouldn't it be cool if he bought me a coffee because he felt bad for sliding back on me at the light. And I roll up to the coffee stand and the lady rings out the window and she's like, Hey, he bought your coffee. Cause he feels bad for sliding back on you at the, at the light back there. Cool. Amazing. And my, my mouth like dropped open and I thought, oh, okay, wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And so it's, it may seem like not very much that you're doing to, to tweak your language like that. But when you really start to implement it, the truth is the words that we repeat in our head absolutely have an impact on the actions that we take. And so if you can tweak your language in your head, you'll, you may not even notice the things that you start to do differently, but it will have a ripple effect. And that's what I've noticed is with I Love It When, uh, the ripple effect of my company goes far beyond me. Even though I don't have any employees, I don't have any virtual assistants yet, um, the impact goes far beyond me. And I love that so much. And so I've always also seen, I love it when as a global company, as soon as I heard the name in my head, I thought, oh yes, it's a global brand. And so that's also been something that's kind of led my decisions is always thinking about what would it look like on a global scale? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely support that. And I, I will be looking for when it becomes global. That'll be amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, you originally thought you would be um, coaching and training more admin, but now it's Mm -hmm. become different. What type of individual are you training and coaching more so now? And um, Mm -hmm. how did that evolve? Yeah, good question. So something that I definitely realized when I was in the real estate world, and then it was just reinforced when I left was that a lot of unfortunately, a lot of real estate agents will not pay to have their admin coached. And a lot of admin cannot afford on whatever salary they're on to pay for their own coaching. And so that definitely affects my clientele. And so it has been a variety. It's been real estate agents, some real estate admin. Um, I've coached writers. I've coached holistic healers. I've coached people who are just starting their business because as I've been going these, I'm now almost at three, the three-year mark. A lot of people like working with me who are just starting out because I've just been through that beginning piece. And so I can help them prioritize, figure out how do they start a website? Do they not? How do they start their business? How do they do pricing? All those different things. And so a lot of it, I've just kind of let evolve naturally through networking, through getting my word out there through social media, through my newsletter, through my podcast. And I've just had different people approach me from all sorts of different industries. And so 
I really love the variety. I love that it's across industries. I love that I did a workshop last year with a video game company. (laughs) I love that I have the opportunity to reach people in different industries because the same issues, the same obstacles and challenges come up no matter the industry. So a lot of my background uh, with the people aspect, and then also I'm a very efficient and operations minded person because I was a director of operations for so many years that I can also step into their business and help them find holes in their systems and processes. So it's a variety of people. And some people don't own a business. Some people come to me because they want help with their mindset. They want help with creating those I love it ones in their in their brain and in their vocabulary. And they're just looking uh, for a change and they're not sure what that change is, but they're feeling stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that because um you're right. I mean, everything starts in our mindset, right? But mm-hmm. um, but then as business owners, we also have the operational piece that mm-hmm. we have to learn the systems and set up tools and do all the things that are going to produce results. Yeah. Um, but we also need to have a, a good mindset. So that way, when we wake up in the morning, we want to do those things. So, yes. You know, because your, your mindset, you might be in a funk that morning whenever you wake up and, you know, we all have them. Um, oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I know whenever you did our team retreat, um, there was something that was so impactful for me and, um, it was the, what could go right in the next 24 hours. And I just that exercise because I think so many times we think about all the things that could go wrong and and maybe not even intentionally, but, Mm -hmm. um, I've heard it said that if you are going to give any time to those thoughts, you need to give as much or more time to what could go right. And so um, that is a practice that I try to think of regularly now of, okay, well, you know, what's possible. And even if I logically think it's possible, like you never know it could happen just like your story. Exactly. Yes. That exercise came from Kyle Cease who wrote the illusion of money. And he has a number of exercises in that book that I just love. And the truth is, wherever you're focused on, whatever you're, you're focusing your attention on, that's where your energy is actually flowing to. So energy, everything's made up of energy. Why not give more energy to the things you actually want to have happen? Yeah. So yeah, there'll be, there'll be days when I wake up and I'm like, I could choose to focus on my lack, uh, whether it be lack of clients, lack of bookings, whatever it might be, or I could choose to focus on what are the possibilities of what could come in. And I would rather put my focus there. And a lot of that that rewiring of my brain, we have to, again, like I said earlier, we have to put a lot of attention on that, on how we want to think in order to rewire our brains to go there automatically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cannot remember who said this. Um, so I can't give them credit, but I've okay. heard uh, where focus goes, energy flows. Yes. And um, so true. I, mm-hmm. And I know, like you said, if you're focusing on all the things that are not going right or what could go wrong, um, mm-hmm. it, would, it can put you in a, in a funk. Mm-hmm, totally. And the truth is, like you said, too, we can't know all the possibilities of what are what's going on around us. There are billions of people on the planet. And you may feel like nothing's happening in your world or in your business. But the truth is, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that you can't see yet. And awesome. so focusing on and creating a list of all the things that could happen in the next 24 hours, like I could write the first chapter to my first book. Yeah. I could meet my next new best friend. I could like there's so many things that could happen. Uh, that when you, the part that I love about that exercise too, is you catch really quickly the people who are still stuck and thinking pretty small because some people create their list and it doesn't go outside of like, I could have a really wonderful breakfast tomorrow morning with my family. 
well, that's most likely that could definitely happen because you could make that happen. Think a little bit bigger. Think even further outside the box, like Oprah could call me. I don't know. Like there's so many different things that could happen. And I love slipping in those things that seem so big that my mind's like, well, how do I logic my way to that? And the truth is we can't. We can't logic our way to any of that. Some of that is just energy working behind the scenes. Right. Mm -hmm. I really agree. Um, but mm-hmm. if you're putting it out there, it's it's possible. Yes. So um, what do you think is like one of the biggest hurdles people face when trying to turn their daydreams into a reality? And what are some ways they can overcome that? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest hurdles I see and that I definitely um, dealt with myself in the beginning is trying to make it all logical, trying to be ready to begin, trying to be ready to start. Uh, there is... At no point in my life have I ever been really completely ready for anything that I've done. I have been, uh, every time I do a retreat, for instance, I do retreats for companies and then I also put on my own retreats. There's this moment right before people are about to arrive where I'm usually in some part of the house that I've rented and I'm thinking to myself, oh my, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> am I really ready to do this? And I get this, all these nerves come up because uh, these people have trusted me. They've put themselves in my hands for the weekend to experience some sort of growth. And so you really have to acknowledge that no matter all those things that those limiting beliefs that come up in your head, uh, that is really in so many ways, your ego just protecting you from the unknown from not knowing and you have to be okay with stepping into that unknown every single day. So I would say, don't logic yourself out of it. If this is something you truly desire, and you feel it, and you can imagine it, do it. And so besides that, besides the logic part, I would say, Doing something different than what your friends and family have seen you do before or seen anybody else do before. Like I know a lot of what I'm doing. Um, I've I've heard that people are like, how exactly are you doing this? Or what exactly are you doing? And and I don't always have an explanation for them. And I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with doing something different and understanding that people may not understand it and just be okay with that. Right. Yeah. yeah I would say those are the two biggest things. Oh, yeah. And there's a Great. Yeah. Well, not everybody, not everybody's called to your purpose. So, yes. you know, what that, that feeling that you have on the inside and the little, this, this, um, spirits that's talking to you or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's talking to you, not anybody else. So, yes. um, you know, I know, especially like if you're in a relationship or you're married, sometimes that can be a little difficult if you're like going to step out and, and start your own business, because now you have uh, a significant other or a, um, family to think about, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, everyone I believe is gifted and in their own special way. And we all have that potential inside of us. And it's just mm-hmm. like, are you going to listen to what your, what your spirit is telling you or, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's yeah. so important. And done is Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Yes. It's a hundred percent. It's terrifying to step out and be like, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to give it a shot. And, um, yeah. you know, that's, um, this podcast is very new. And so, mm-hmm. so I'm giving it a shot with the podcast and, yeah, and uh, I love that. And the cool thing is too, when you step out into the unknown and you don't have everything perfectly planned, you leave space for miracles. You just yeah. leave space for the magic to happen. And that's when I started to realize that. And I did my first few events and retreats. And then I started my own business. I recognized, Oh, this is what happens when you step out there is yes, there are things that could happen. I could fail. Absolutely. I hope I fail every single day because that means I'm trying new things every single day. But what is failure really? It's just not going the way that I thought it would go. That's not failure to me. That's actually just showing me and giving me a little bit of direction. So 
leaving space for the unknown uh, is a really beautiful, magical thing. And once you do it, you get addicted to it because you see all the beautiful, positive things that can happen. And I can't stop. Like nobody could stop me now because this brings me so much joy <laughs> every day that I didn't know I could feel this good. I didn't know that it could be this. Like I've never been happier and it's the weirdest thing to say. And at the same time, I recognize now uh, that I wasn't at my best before because I really didn't have the freedom and the awareness, I guess, of my, of my inner power. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important to be happy with what you're doing. Um, yes. It takes up so much of our days and our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about your retreats, you know, what all does that look like and what mm-hmm. are things that you cover if you can share? Sure. Totally. So companies and teams like yours, like you did with, uh, with Amber Pickett, you can hire me to do a retreat or an event for your company. And when I do that, usually I speak to whoever the CEO is and we get more information on what exactly would you like to cover? What are you hoping to get out of it? What, how do you want your attendees to feel? And then the other kinds of retreats that I do, I have two retreats right now that I do. One's called unscripted and one's called BU. And for the BU retreat, that one was originally for real estate admin. And now I'm really opening it up to leaders of any industry. And the intention behind that retreat is to help you uncover new parts of yourself, to allow yourself to get curious and explore in a safe place for three days and hear from people who might have new ideas or new perspectives for you so that you can go back into your life and actually make adjustments and find more inner peace, more happiness, more fulfillment. And so I always bring in speakers and vendors who will do and add something different that they've never had exposure to. And then we have time for conversation. We have time for meals together. And the other part is that I also, each time I do it, there's that unknown piece of like exactly what is the agenda going to look like? Because it always shifts a little bit each day, depending on Sometimes with speakers, we end up having the speaker for much longer than I planned because it's going so well and people have tons of questions. Uh, But the agenda is always focused on creating an environment that is safe because if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's the triangle with safety, physical and, and mental safety is always at the bottom of the triangle, which to me means if you don't have that, you can't ever get to the upper areas of the triangle, which is where a lot of change happens. People have to feel safe physically, mentally, uh, psychologically, all of that in order to embrace and consider new ideas. So that's, I think, what people have told me who have come to my retreats, they have said they've never felt so safe to be vulnerable before. And I think that's kind of my expertise. And what I really love to do is I want to create a space where people feel really safe to be themselves because there's so many places in this world where we're not safe to be ourselves. And so I consider it a total honor and a gift to be able to do that for people because it also creates a safe space for me, which has been uh, really the essence of those retreats has been creating a safe space for me to push outside my comfort zone and grow as a human. And so that's where the retreats were really born from. I love, love, love these experiences. Like, oh my God, with Unscripted last year, it was my first time doing a retreat out of state and we went to Sedona, Arizona, and it was just freaking magical. Like there's... You can't even describe the feelings of what it's like to get to hang with people. That was a small group of just four attendees and myself and another facilitator. And we spent Thursday night through Monday morning together. And we shared so many stories. We shared so many experiences. 
And we all grew and continued to grow after the experience. That's the other cool thing is whenever you go to a retreat, you should expect to, yes, experience something during the time, but also it's the six months to a year afterwards where you're actually implementing things that you learned that you will see the ripple effect. That's also another part of it that I really love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Those are the kind of retreats you want to go to are the ones that are going to motivate you, inspire you, but also... Uh, get you so motivated that you take action. Um, yes. I, uh, I heard a saying, I think it came from John Maxwell a long time ago. And it, he said, I don't want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be a motivational like leader or teacher mm-hmm. because those are the people who will get you to actually take the action. And, oh, I love and that. So I was, I was like, that's, that's what I want to be, you know, motivational mm-hmm. teacher to actually get people to, to implement change. And, mm-hmm. and the goal, goal of this podcast is to inspire people and, help them truly believe that they can, whatever their daydream is, you know, mm-hmm. and not even just about business, but you want to lose the weight. Do you want to start a family? Do you want to do, you know, mm-hmm. travel the world, move to a different state? You know, I, all these things. Um, yes. One, one thing I absolutely loved and you kind of touched on it a minute ago, but um, whenever Amber and I were researching people to um, come and speak to our teams, I, I loved how you said you were very intentional about wanting people to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was just so impactful because, you know, I think like you said, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world. I don't think that everybody always feels that way mm-hmm. they don't feel seen or, or heard, you know, even if they're in a crowded room. So mm-hmm. you touch on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there, part of that was my experience growing up to, I, had an, like a lovely, and I love my family and my immediate family, but the experience that I had in school and the experience that I had as a very shy kid was oftentimes not feeling seen or heard. And I also wasn't really using my voice. I really didn't start to speak more or share my thoughts and my opinions until I hit my thirties. And I realized like there were some positives to that, but there were a lot of negative experiences too. And so I learned what it was like to be that person in the room who nobody looked at, nobody asked any questions to, and I was determined after that point to make sure that nobody ever felt that way in my presence. And so there is something really special when you have a class and you're a facilitator. Once you learn how to facilitate in such a way where you can bring the quietest person out of their shell to share, to share something, those people who don't usually speak oftentimes have something very interesting to share. And so that has always been my goal is whenever I teach, whenever I speak, whenever I run a workshop or I do a retreat, I make sure to do my best that everybody feels included, everybody feels seen, because that also adds to the magic of all of our interactions together. If there's only two people out of a room of 10 people speaking, you're not going to get as many ideas or as many perspectives. But if everybody in the room has a chance to say something or share something, oh my God, it's the magic that can happen is incredible. And so it's also just more valuable to the world if everybody is seen and heard. Uh, Because once someone feels that and they recognize that they've been seen, oftentimes that is the prompting that they need to go follow their daydream, to follow whatever it is. They're like, oh, I am important. People do want to hear from me and that changes their confidence. And I, that's my favorite part. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I love that too. So great. Yeah. And so how did you, you said you were kind of a shy, shy child and how you didn't really speak up at what point in your life did that shift? And like, was there, was there an event or how did you build up that confidence to start speaking? And yeah, good question. I think there was a buildup. There was a buildup of uh, resentment. And so 
the lovely thing about self-awareness is that you start to learn why you do certain things. And when you have resentment, it's typically because you have not set boundaries and people have crossed those boundaries. And so I recognized that I had this buildup of anger and resentment. And I was like, what is up about this? And I started learning about personal growth when I joined Keller Williams, because they have a lot of personal growth activities and classes. And I'll forever be grateful to them because they really launched this desire in me. That's like, I I remember telling my old boss, Jesse, I said, "Uh, you can't stop me now because you have just exposed me to so many different ways of thinking and being that I have never even heard about before. And so I recognized first this sense of resentment that I needed to find a way to release. And then I also recognized that I am a very keen observer. And I spent so many years watching people, learning how people communicate, watching their body language. And I recognized that part of the reason I was such a good executive assistant was because I watch people and I can take initiative because I can sense when people need things. And so that's when I recognized, okay, I've got to start speaking more and I didn't necessarily have the confidence. I had to do the thing and then get the confidence. And so that's, again, something else that has really helped me with my businesses. You may not feel ready and you may not feel confident, but just know that the confidence may come after you do the thing and you realize, oh, I didn't die or, oh, people actually enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah. Then I feel more confident and that confidence is something I carry with me to do the next big scary thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I I love that you talk about confidence because... um, a few years ago, uh, whenever Tim McGraw launched his book, I was in Nashville. So I actually got to go see, like, go wow. sit in this intimate little venue and listen to him talk about launching his book. And, like, his family and friends were there. And it was where his girls had grown up and gone to school. And he said something that always stuck with me. And he said, his, I think it was his high school baseball coach said, uh, confidence breeds success and success breeds confidence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love that. And it just, it now, it, I always have to repeat to myself whenever I'm feeling non-confident and mm-hmm. you know, feeling scared to do something. Like if I just do it, it's going to help breed success and build. And then by doing that, it's going to build more confidence. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I love that too. And I forget who, uh, who shared this with me as well. But what if that anxious feeling that you're feeling is actually excitement? Because that feeling is actually the same as excitement. And so a lot of times now when I'm getting ready to speak, I oh, I mean, I always feel anxious before I speak. And now I'm telling myself, oh my God, I'm so excited. I can feel the excitement in my body. <laughs> it's not anxiousness, it's excitement. And that has really helped me as well. Yeah, you touched on that a little bit in your podcast the other day about um, it, like sensing what you're feeling in your body. And is it um, like, are you feeling pain anywhere or mm-hmm. is it? true excitement. Um, would you mind elaborating on that? Oh yeah, totally. So something that I've learned more and more that I, as I've been diving into my intuition and learning what it's like to like, listen to myself, listen to my own inner voice and not so much to everybody else's opinions is I've been learning a lot from different energy healers around energy and how it works because we're all made of energy. And our, if you think of your emotions, like joy, pain, sadness, regret, grief, and you imagine them as shapes like squares or circles or whatever, those shapes can get stuck energetically in your body. And when you can figure out where things are stuck in your body and you can release them, you can experience a lot of emotional freedom, but also physical healing. And the more that I've learned about that, the more I've realized that I had a lot of 
probably resentment and grief stuck in different parts of my body, which made those anxious feelings that much worse. And so the more that I've learned to connect my mind and my body together, again, the more peace that I feel, the more I can go into different events. And yes, I feel some anxious excitement, but I don't feel as much as I used to. And so that has been so freeing learning about the body and how it works. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, So that also kind of leads me into an Another question, I kind of feel like they go hand in hand. So we touched a little bit earlier about you're not always going to know exactly all the steps, right? Whenever you step mm-hmm. out and follow the daydream, but do you feel like you should have a little bit of vision and clarity and like, how can you, um, how can you refine that clarity and vision if you don't know all the steps? Mm-hmm. So I would say it's, it's interesting if you think about the concept of starting a podcast as an example, and you don't know what the steps are to start a podcast, you can probably pretty easily Google it and find the basic outline of the steps or talk to someone you know who has a podcast. But for maybe a bigger concept like a business, and you're not really sure exactly what you want to offer, the best thing that I've learned to do is to try it all. <laughs> and so one of the things that I, I think I heard Gary Keller, the owner of Keller Williams say at some point was he wished that that more was done with teenagers to, to help them to just try things. And oh my gosh, I wish I could go back to 13 year old me and say, just try everything, try it all. Because at the time from, from 13 to 30, I talk quite a bit about this where I felt like I was just allowing life to happen to me rather than trying things, trying teaching, trying speaking, trying uh, dance, trying all these different things that I had an, an interest in. And so same thing with my business. Like I've learned that I've tried some things I don't like it so much. It's not as much fun as I thought I would be. So I pull back from that and I go try something else. And that's what I would suggest is really just allowing yourself to play more play, less serious, like, Hey, I've got to have these things so strictly outlined. I definitely in Keller Williams, they talk a lot about your five-year plan, 10-year plan. And I had so much resistance to that concept and I could never figure out why. And it was because I like to have, I have definitely have a general idea of what I want, but I don't have all the details outlined because I'm going to leave that to the unknown. I want to do a retreat, but I don't need need to know exactly what it looks like. I just need to know when I want to have it, who I want to have at it. And then I'll let some of it come together on its own. And so not being so stuck on some of these business concepts that we've been told and taught uh, because a lot of them were developed by people who are not like us. And so I think you have to really be able to tune into yourself and just play allow yourself to play. I love that. And, um, I think it's so, so true too. I, me being a detail oriented person, you know, for such a long time, I was like, mm-hmm. I need to know every step. I need yes. to know what five, 10 years looks like. Yes. And I don't know, it was several, several years ago. I finally was like, it was stressing me out so much. I was like, I give up. Yes. Like, I just totally I'm, feel that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take this step and it's going to lead somewhere. And I yes. don't know which path in the woods it's going to lead me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but then I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what, but I took that path, but because I took that path, it led me here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I feel like I, I would have stressed out so much about which path mm-hmm. is right, which path is wrong, yes. um, probably would still be stuck on the, the fork in the road. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely something I had to overcome as well as just finally saying, you know what, I released that idea that I need to have everything figured out. I released that idea completely. And just knowing that I think my other worry was, I'm going to miss an opportunity. I'm going to miss something I was supposed to have done. And the more I've released that, the more I recognize that as long as I'm following what my heart wants me to do, I'm never going to miss something that was meant for me. I just won't. It'll come to me in some other way. 
That's good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love how you mentioned, you know, teenagers, because I, that's so true. You know, we, we do need to help guide them. And um, my mm -hmm. oldest nephew, he's 14 and he came to me the other day, he goes, TT. And you know, that's what they call me. Um, he was like, what do you think I'd be good at? And I was oh. like, you know, I really, I was like, wow, buddy, you're, you're thinking about this that early. And, you know, and I mean, I guess in four years, he's going to be graduating high school. So, yeah. um, so it really, I was honored that he came to me and asked, and mm -hmm. then it started the wheel spinning. Like, how can I help lead him yeah. to help him define, to find out what is, what is he good? What is he passionate about? What does he want mm -hmm. to, you know, what would be a good fit for him? So mm -hmm. I am. Um, you know, I'm in Keller Williams, they have all these different personality tests and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we did the, uh, with someone that starts with an E, um, it's very popular right now. It is, I'm like, oh, echocardiogram. that is not it. That's your heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, but it does start with an E. I just can't think of it right now. It's like, uh, okay. I got the, it's like 12 different. Mm. I can't think of I it either. <laughs> but whatever it was, that's really cool to expose them to just that concept early on. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll find it and then I'll put it yeah. in the show notes. But, um, yeah. so yeah, so I, we did, we figured out like, what is he naturally gifted at as far as, yeah. um, personality wise. And then I bought him a book, uh, it's like parachute, something about color, your color of your parachute or something like that. Hmm. Um, and it's for teens and supposed to kind of help him determine, Okay, these the, these are your natural abilities, and these are things that you like. So, um, I love that. Yeah, I, I wish somebody would have done that for me. You know, whenever I was mm -hmm. young, but I feel like also um, there's so many more tools and resources now mm -hmm. than there were available when we were we were kids. Totally. Yeah, a lot so, more options to explore, kind of what you're all about, and that going through those different personality tests. I think the thing that I take away as like the biggest gift for me was the different words they gave me to describe myself that I had never had words for before. Like the Myers-Briggs assessment gave me words to describe my intuition and, Oh, it was like the best gift. And that having those words to describe yourself definitely help guide you and lead you towards more of what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very, very true. Mm -hmm. um, so would you be willing to share any failures that, you have had and how you overcame them. Because I think, you know, that's always, that's always a big fear for people is like, what mm -hmm. if, and you said it earlier, like, what if I fell? What if I had to take this leap? Um, mm -hmm. Are you willing to share some of your Oh experience? God, I love talking about my failures. Uh, like <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a, the, one of the best ones to share. Uh, and I think this, the, well, this is the one that keeps coming to mind. So I'll share this and, and, it, and it's not really a failure too. And I think maybe that's part of the lesson in this is so recently I decided to put on another retreat for admin and real estate. And it used to be called the Pacific Northwest operations retreat. And I switched it to BU the retreat because that also goes along with a membership that I do for admin and real estate with Kathleen Metcalf of Cambium. And so I set the date for this retreat. It was going to be in Idaho Falls, Idaho at this gorgeous house overlooking, I think it's the Teton mountains. And, uh, and usually these retreats I put on have between 40 to 50 people. And I bring in big speakers like Susan Scott, who wrote Fierce Conversations, or Gary, Vayner Gary Vaynerchuk, who wrote Unfuck Yourself. Um, yeah, I bring in these epic speakers. So in my head, I saw, okay, I'm going to do it again. This is going to be the same. It's going to look the same as it has these last you know, six years. And I set the date. I released the tickets. And I sold one ticket right away the first day. And then it was like a slow 
dribble in. And after about a month and a half, I was like, all right, I have six attendees. This, I can't make this happen because I don't have any capital. I don't have any savings to put into it ahead of time. I can't reserve the house. I can't reserve the speakers. I can't reserve the chef or do anything until the tickets are sold. And so I had set the date for the first weekend in May and it started creeping closer. And I was like, all right, I'm going to have to, for the first time ever, put a timeline on this and say, if I don't have the tickets sold by, I think I said April 1st, then I have to cancel this. And this sucks. I've never had to cancel a retreat. I mean, the last retreat I did before COVID started, it sold out in 48 hours. So I thought for sure I would have these attendees no problem. But it had been probably two years since that last retreat. And so people, you know, people knew I had started my business, but there some of them had probably moved on to other things or just hadn't weren't following me anymore or something. Um so I got to that day and I was like, all right, I gotta do it. And I announced the cancellation. I felt very drawn because I do my best to be transparent about as much as I'm comfortable with, uh, which I know is more comfortable than some people are. And I, meaning I will talk about money. I will talk about my business failures. I will talk about all that stuff on social media because I believe it's important. And so I was like, I feel drawn to share that I have to cancel this. And so I shared about it and said, I'm canceling. I have eight attendees. I just can't make this happen. Thank you so much for those of you who have supported me. And I really appreciate it. And I let the attendees know and everybody was bummed. Like I was bummed. I really wanted to make it happen. And then a few hours later, I got a Facebook message from one of the attendees, uh, team leaders who I've known for years in the Washington area reached out and said, Hey, I saw that you had to cancel. I really don't want you to have to cancel. I know how hard you've worked for this event over the years to make it happen. And I know how much the attendees get out of this. I really want my director of operations to be able to go I would love to uh, gift you my house, my VRBO to use in Seattle. And it's it will only fit uh, like, I think it was 10 people max, eight people max. If you'd like to use it, you're welcome to it. And so, I mean, this whole process, you have to also know how emotionally exhausting it is to put something out there, put all this effort behind marketing it and then have to cancel it. And so I was drained and I got that message and I was like, oh my God, this is so kind of you. And I don't know if I want to do this. So I waited like 24 hours. I looked at the place online. I could start to visualize it in my head. And I know that when I can start to see scenes, then that's when I know it could really happen. And so I decided to say yes and I moved forward. And I had to book at least two more attendees in order to make it financially work, like in order to walk away and not be in the red. Because my big thing with events is because I don't have a bunch of capital behind it, I never do an event unless I'm going to break even or make money, especially now in my business. I have to make money. Yeah. And so the retreat happened. It still happened with those eight people, eight of us total. And it was a huge success and it was amazing. So yes, it was a failure because it wasn't what I envisioned first, but this is what it turned into. And I think this was the lesson for me. And for those of you that are listening is that if we start to shift again, that word of, and our definition of failure and redefine it as maybe it's just a pivot. If you're open and you're flexible to how it could look different other opportunities will open, other doors were open for you to shift whatever it is that you're currently viewing as an obstacle. And so, but for me, I definitely felt that failure. I felt like this is, wow, I guess this is not something I'm supposed to be doing anymore. And that's just one example. Like, honestly, this stuff happens all the time. And it's me getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Being uncomfortable is hard. It's mm -hmm. so hard. And, um, but I do think it, it stretches you and, yes. you know, so the next time 
you have something like this happen. Now you've got that faith to back it up of like, mm-hmm. is that what happened last yes. So I'm going to yes. believe that it's going exactly. to work out. And so, um, yeah, man, it, it, it sucks getting stretched, but it's, it's so good for you at the same time. Oh yeah. And at the same time too, I also get, I'm addicted to that feeling. Like if I'm not feeling uncomfortable at some point during the week, I honestly will look at myself and say, okay, what can I do right now to get out of my comfort zone? Because I know that when I'm in there, I am birthing something. There is some new version of me coming out and I never want to stop growing because it just keeps getting better. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, well, this was, has been such an amazing conversation. Um, I've got three questions to wrap it up. Okay. Um, so what is one piece of advice um, that you would want to give somebody uh, that is thinking about p- pursuing their dreams that you wish somebody would have given to you? Mm. That's a great question. Hmm. I would say, uh, I wish somebody had told me to not listen to the people who say like, you're not being realistic because nothing that I do seems realistic or like, and I don't even know if that makes sense to people that are listening, but, um, my best piece of advice would be to don't be too logical. Like don't, don't let logic and your ego and and your fear of failing stop you from doing something that could bring you so much joy. Yeah. Don't be realistic. Be unrealistic. That's so good. I love it. Um, what is one book or podcast that has been really influential for you? Mm. Well, I always speak about fierce conversations. That's one of my favorite books because to truly create change, we have to learn how to communicate and communicate effectively with other humans. And that that book helped me confront so many of my fears around giving critical feedback, around speaking my truth, around sharing my opinion in a kind and compassionate way. And so I always share that book. And I would also say, though, uh, The Illusion of Money is another one that I mentioned earlier that really helped me reshape my mind around what's possible with, with money, which is a big piece of owning a small business. So that would be my other recommendation. Yeah. Well, I know I've read First Conversations. I have not read the other, so I will okay. put it on my list. Cool. Um, and then lastly, how can people find you? Because I believe you have one-on-one coaching available and mm-hmm. group coaching available as well, right? Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, they can go to my website. I love it when.org. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, really active on Instagram under the, the Margaret Smith. If you look me up there, I'd love to connect with people. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so, so much for being on today's podcast. And oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you have a great week. You too. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd be so kind and leave me a quick review, I'd love to hear from you. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Christy Winfrey. If you liked today's episode, make sure you click that follow button. And until next time, keep chasing those dreams, my friend. Remember, you are worth it. Hey, before you go, I want to quickly tell you about this special guide that I created just for you. It's called the five mistakes to avoid when setting up your business. I wish somebody would have given me these tips whenever I was first setting up my business and it could have saved me a lot of time and heartache in the long run. So head on over to christywinfreycom backslash five mistakes and grab your copy today.